0: Welcome to the Bethel Church Austin Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this sermon by a special guest speaker. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit bethelatx.com.
1: So good. I tell you, we are about to hear from not one or two women, but four women from our house tonight. And I'm excited. We're going to do TED-style talks and surrounding our serving and membership month. It is going to be around subjects pertaining to that. So family, community, covenant, and serving. And I'm so excited. And like I said earlier at the beginning of service, I am passionate about women preachers. I am passionate about women in ministry, whatever that may look like. I I have a dog in this fight. Let's put it that way. (laughs) And when I came down to Texas, I remember people would say, Oh, you're going down to the Bible Belt. You know, you're going to be the pastor's wife. And I'm like, What'd you say? (laughs) (laughs) Huh? I'm Australian, first and foremost, so that doesn't really roll with me. But I tell you, it has been a learning curve coming here. And there are 5,000 Southern Baptist churches here in Texas. 5,000, two of them have women in pastoral roles. When we began to set up the church, there were many times that I was the only woman in the room, in a room full of men. And I remember even sometimes we'd hold hands, and they'd be like, just bless my dear brothers. And I'm like, (laughs) but I tell you, there is a place for you ladies at the table. There is a place for you. And God is, I just feel the pleasure of heaven tonight. I feel the pleasure of heaven because we as the church should be the leaders in displaying what healthy gender roles look like, right? We're like, oh, why is the world confused? Because us as the church has not done a good job in the past of representing fathers and mothers, But I feel a shift. I feel a shift, and I am excited. I tell you, we have grown as a church body, the church, and we're continuing to grow. I don't have time to go into all the details. I preached a message a couple of years ago on women in ministry that unpacks the theology behind this that you can listen to if you want to. But I tell you, this evening, we started this thinking, this is a good idea to get get some of our moms up. This is a good idea. But can I tell you, this is not a good idea. This is a God idea. And and just during the week, as I've been thinking and praying into this service, there is so much prophetic significance happening tonight that we need to be aware of and that we need to grasp as a body. Amen. 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 I'm excited. I'm excited for these ladies. They are all like just a wealth of wisdom. And I think that they are just going to deposit something so rich tonight. And I'm going to get up after each one and just introduce the next one so that we can do a great job celebrating them. Amen. Okay, so the first lady that we have the honor from hearing from is our very own Megan Tate. So why don't you guys just give it up for Megan? Come on. Yes. Megan, as Joaquin said, is not only our children's pastor, but our associate pastor. And I tell you what, I get to benefit from our friendship and her wisdom on a daily basis. And she's a mom of five girls, and she's just a phenomenal mother and an incredible friend. And so you're going to learn so much tonight. She's going to be speaking to us tonight on Family. Wow. Such
2: an honor to be here tonight, guys. I'm so excited. Happy Mother's Day weekend to all of you mothers. It's pretty special to be here tonight with you. I just want to start off by praying. Yeah, that's a good idea. (laughs) Father, we love you. God, we just thank you, Lord. I pray that you would just speak through myself and every other woman up here, Father, that we would just glorify your name, Father, that you would open up all of our ears to hear what you're speaking to us, Father, that you would open up our hearts to just receive what you have for us tonight. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay, participation time. If you're a father, raise your hand. Oh, we have lots of fathers. Yes, praise God, we need you fathers. If you're a mother, raise your hand. Wow, we have a lot of moms in here tonight. Okay, if you have ever been a child in your life, raise your hand. Wow. you know that that's one thing we have in common with every other person in the whole world. We were just born into a family, like, It's pretty amazing to think that we actually have something in common with every single person in the whole world. I just, I know it sounds silly, but I was like, oh, that's really awesome. I have something in common with everybody. I love that, besides being created by the best dad in the world, of course. Um, In Ephesians 1.5, God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ this is what he wanted to do and it gave him great pleasure everybody say great pleasure you guys you're not a disappointment you are not a disappointment I'm not a disappointment you guys bring Jesus God the Father great pleasure that's beautiful actually just put your hand on your heart and say I bring God great pleasure. Great pleasure. And you know the more you say it, you're actually going to believe it. So I challenge you to just say that this week. Yeah. None of us are orphans. You're not an orphan. Not one of you in here is an orphan. You're not allowed to be. I just say no, you're not you're not allowed. If you're wondering what I'm talking about, like I had a feeling that maybe there's some guests here tonight, and we're singing God reigns above it all. We're singing about this heavenly, heavenly father who's amazing. And can I just say that he's calling you. So tonight, after the fourth woman has spoken, there's going to be um, some ministry leaders down here. If you're feeling a tug on your heart to become a part of God's family, to become a part of of just this wonderful family that you see us all talking about, you you see us praising the Father who is just the most amazing God and the most amazing Father in the world that teaches us so much, and He extends so much grace. I just want to encourage you to not be shy and to get up here after when the ministry leaders here and you just tell them. Tell them, I just want to be a part of that family, and they're going to pray with you. They are going to pray with you. I'm excited. All right, y'all. So in family, I mean, come on. We have to forgive each other, right? (laughs) Like, let's be real. Family is not all roses, which those roses were amazing, or those flowers are beautiful. It's not always like that. You know, sometimes there can be thorns. There can be some disappointments. You know, and as I was just praying about this, all of a sudden I started thinking about Jesus. He, you know, he had his family in heaven. He's born on earth. He has, he has his natural family here. And then he goes with his disciples. And he has his family with his disciples. Well, one of his disciples literally just shuns him three times acts like he doesn't even know him and then one sells him out and you know what Jesus did he forgave he forgave just like Jesus forgives we need to extend forgiveness to our family to our co-workers to our church family to, to anybody that you would consider family you know we need to extend that forgiveness we all want to be more like Jesus so let's work on that forgiveness muscle and just really work on it good because that's what family's about. It's about forgiveness, y'all. In Colossians 4:2, devote yourself to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. Can you guys just imagine if we devoted ourselves to prayer for our family? with a mindful heart meaning we allow jesus to come in and we allow him to work with us holy spirit to work with us with a thankful heart you know and we always talk about we're always talking about you know uh what we give thanks grows so i just want to encourage you to be thankful for your amazing family be thankful for your church family let's not try to be stuck on what is not let's be thankful on what is And then I feel like there might be somebody out here that maybe you're like, well, I have family members, but I'm actually not in communication with them because of X, Y, Z. But can I just challenge you? I want you every day to just start thanking God. Let's say it's a sister. Lord, I just think you have a sister. Some people don't have sisters. So let's, let's come in with a grateful heart with our family, with our church family, with our coworkers, wherever you're at, that it's your family, it's your people. Let's be thankful and not keep our eyes fixated on circumstances in family. Let's keep them fixated on the one true God who is the best family and the best representation of what family looks like. He, he has the wisdom that he gives to us. So I just want to challenge you with that. Ooh. Uh, Colossians 3:13. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive one another who offend you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive other. Y'all, he didn't say you. You know, he said you must. This is New Living Transit, You know, but he says must. So this isn't you. You maybe can you must forgive. So, I know I'm hitting the forgiveness thing, but let's be real with family. I feel like it can be an everyday <laughs> battle. I know in my family, my kids and I I'm like, "Honey, I'm really sorry. I got a little upset. We, you know, will you forgive me?" Yes, Mommy, I forgive you. But these muscles are working, and the more they work, the better they're going to be, and then the less we have to even ask because we've we've learned. <sighs> In family, y'all, we get to experience growth with each other and cheer each other on. How exciting is that? Let's be the cheerleaders of our church family. Let's be the cheerleaders at our job. Wherever we go, That we, where our family is in our personal. But to be honest, you know, God's called us. We have an expansion of family everywhere. Just because you don't know them doesn't mean, you know, they're not family. However, we are talking about uh, in-house right now. Let's cheer each other on and encourage one another. I think it's really important. In family, we get to help each other. We get to be selfless. We get to help each other. You know what's really amazing is it's a joy, you know, And, and that's what the Bible says do it out of joy. But we have this amazing motto that I was taught from early church days, and it's find a need, meet it. Find a hurt, heal it. Can you guys imagine if every single one of us in this room not only taught our kids, taught our family the ripple effect of what that would look like? Granted, we all need to have boundaries too. Yes, yes. I'm, I'm not saying not to have boundaries. But, you know, it's incredible to think if we could find a hurt, go pray for that person or do something kind to them. That's what family does. If there is a need, we could be that, we could be that need for them. So this is like, I love this verse. Luke 6, 31. Do to others as you would like them to do to you. I think this kind of sums... Family up and friends and ah, just love, you know. Um, if if I see a friend who's in need and is sick, if I can and I'm capable and I have boundaries, yes, I get that. I should bring them some soup or at least text them and let them know I'm praying to them to give encouragement. We are a body here. We're a family, and you guys do such a great job. I see you guys on Facebook. You are amazing. Somebody will put up a need. Somebody is there, right there praying. Somebody is there. They're like, what can I do to help you? But can you just imagine if we even extended that, like in our personal family to our work family, God's love is going to just explode. Thank you, Jesus. Family is beautiful. It can be messy, but do you know that God doesn't care about mess? He doesn't care about mess. He does not care about mess. He doesn't care. He just loves us the way we are. If my kids do something, I love them the same. God loves us just where we are. If I make a mistake, God loves me the same. So I just want to end on this. Let's invite Holy Spirit in and let him lead us and lead our family And the best family that you could ever ask for is from heaven, right? Like heaven's perspective of family. So that's just, that's it. I have 10 minutes. I'm done. I'm in the negatives. But bless you all and thank you so much.
1: So good. So good. I love that. Man, so good. Megan practices what she preaches. She is so good, such a good mom. Um, So good, Megan. Thank you. Okay. The next lady, come on down, that I would like to introduce to you all is, just hold your applause for one sec, because I just want to tell you about her before... You know, is Michelle Lewis, and she is married to Dylan, and they are the worship pastors here at Bethel Austin, and they have a thriving worship community that they have built here, that they nurture here, that she mothers and really provides a covering for, and they've just done such a good job with creatives and with worshipers and just teaching them how to be family and how to do healthy community, and so we are so excited to hear from Michelle. Why don't you come on up. She's going to be speaking on community.
3: Thank you. Thank you. Wow. Hi, guys. How are you doing? A lot of you probably don't know me because I'm not up here very often. I'm usually running around with little babies. I've got a three-year-old and a three-month-old, so my hands are kind of full, but in the best way. Can I see how many moms are in the house? Amen. Look at you all. You're all amazing. Cool. Well, my husband and I have the honor and privilege of running our worship community, and I'm getting emotional because I just love them so much. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we've got about 80 people in our community um, and we have, this house loves worship. In case, you, in case you hadn't noticed, we have other worship pastors in the city and they're like wow, your sets are so long. Wow. Yeah. 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 They're too short. Yeah. But we, but this requires a team, right? This requires, like, if it was just Dylan and I doing this, we would go insane. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and this is just one of our sets. In a given week, we've got about five to seven different sets happening. In our, our children's ministry, we've got children's worship. We've got youth, young adults. So we have, this requires a big team, and we've had people, like, guys, we, we have some amazing musicians. They could, be, they could be worship pastors in churches. They could be full-time paid musicians. Some of them left their full-time paid musicians to be with us. We've got people that dropped everything and moved. Kale, Kale just moved here from Indiana. He just, he just left his life to come be a part of this. He was, playing, he was playing acoustic guitar last night. Kale, we love you. We're so glad you're here. Um, So I'm very passionate about community because we can't do it alone. It wouldn't be as great. We can't go as far. We can't do what we do alone. And I fully believe that you can't be all that God called you to be if you're not in community. You need people in your life. You need people speaking life into you. You You need a community in the good and the bad, you know? Not just in the, you know, the the weekend. Yeah, everything's great. Yeah, you need people that are willing to to run with you and stand with you. And hey, how is your day? No, how actually, like, how actually are you doing? Thank you, God. We're called to be connected to one another. That requires vulnerability, right? Vulnerability is kind of scary sometimes. It requires a bit of intimacy. Into me you see. Are you allowing people into your life? Am I allowing? I need people looking into my life. I can't do this. I can't do this alone. Dylan and I can't. We need people speaking into our lives. We need, we need community. Amen. Yeah. There's a quote that I love. I don't actually know who said it. I've just known this for a long time. If you want to go, if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. Yeah. I My kind of personality is like, I like to go fast. Like I like to get things done. I like to get it done right the first time. Is there anyone here that can relate to that? Just like. If I just do it, I can get it done, and it'll just get done. It'll be done right the way I like it. It'll be great. But sometimes the Lord asks us to not do it by ourselves. Hey, can you, can you, how about you have someone do that with you? How about you surrender that thing? I, have, I told you I have a three-year-old and a three-month-old. How many of you struggle when your toddler's like, I want to do it by myself? you're like, but uh, my, my three-year-old, Ember, she loves to bake. She loves to cook with me. She's always like, I want to get the stool. I want to help. I want to watch you. What can I do? And that usually means there's going to be a mess, you know? I clean up enough messes, so sometimes I'm like, but if you, if you come, like there'll be just more work, you know? But we're not just making dinner in that moment, right? we're building relationship i'm teaching her i'm teaching her what it looks like to make dinner and i know she's only 3 years old but like i'm starting something i'm creating something we're doing something in community rather than just i'm um, rather than just me making dinner by myself and i can make it done so much faster, cleaner, efficient, boom. <laughs> you know you know who else loves community? It's Jesus. Yeah. Hey. right? Like Jesus had his twelve disciples. He did life with he did life for three years with these twelve guys. You can there has to be drama in that. I know it's guys, so it's not as much drama, maybe. <laughs> maybe. But these are 12 guys from different backgrounds, all hanging out together with the Messiah. Jesus didn't, I mean, Jesus doesn't need anything. He didn't need them. He chose to do community. If Jesus purposely positioned himself to be in community, wow, I definitely need community. Amen? Come on. Yeah, in Genesis, it is not good for man to be alone. It's also another example. Like, community community was God's idea. Is His idea first. We were meant to live life connected to one another. And you know what? Sometimes that requires effort. Like I said before, um, I hate doing dishes, right? Is, anybody else, is there just, like, a chore? You just, like, hate doing dishes is, like, Not fun for me, but can I tell you, in my house, if I never did dishes, if Dylan and I never did dishes, it wouldn't be a very nice house, you know? Sometimes in community, you just gotta do the dishes, you know? It's not always like doing the things that I wanna do and I love to do and we're just playing and having fun all the time. Sometimes you gotta do the dishes. Sometimes the laundry needs to get folded. In healthy community, you know, there's got to be a give and take of somebody's got to do the dishes at some point. You know what I mean? So if you're coming into a community and you're not interested in giving, even when it feels uncomfortable, I just want to challenge you to revisit that because sometimes Sometimes if you're in a community with someone, when you're in commune with someone, somebody's got to do the dishes, right? Family requires sacrifice. Community requires sacrifice. You know, one of my favorite, one of my favorite, there's so many moments about our community that I love, but there's one um, moment, it was right after um, Dylan and I had given birth to Harbor, my son. He's three months old now. And so we had a meal train set up. How many of you love meal trains? How many of you just love to eat when someone else is making Moms, when someone else is making you a meal? Hallelujah. So we had a meal train. Um, and at the same time, there was, a, there was a couple in our worship community who had experienced extreme loss. And so we had a meal train for them as well at the same time. And it just was such a beautiful picture of rejoice with those who rejoice you know we had a new baby we had new life and then over here it was and then mourn with those who mourn and that was my community these were your worshipers they would they would some in the same night they would come to our house and bring us our meal and well this is amazing your baby yay and then they'd go over to this other couple's house and just just mourn with them in their loss how beautiful Community looks like being okay to open up when life is hard, right? Not just in the highs, but in the lows as well, okay? I'm going to close with this. I want you guys to just put your hand on your heart. I just want to tell you that you're called to community. I just want to tell you that God actually likes to be around you, you're fun. You, you bring life to the people around you. You're called to be in community. You're called to be surrounded by others who will call, speak life into you and pull you up and come to you in those good days and come to you in those bad days. You're called to stick it even when it's hard. And you're called to stick in it even when it's easy. Rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn in Jesus' name. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that community was your idea. Thank you, Lord, that we can go farther when we go together. It may not be as fast, but it will be farther in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Wow. I met Michelle
1: 10 years ago. We sat next to each other on a stinky bus going down a dirt road in Tijuana on a missions trip. And then when Dylan married her, I was like, good job, buddy. Good job. (laughs) So good. You guys have created such a phenomenal community, and we are so proud of you guys. So proud. Okay. Well, like Megan said, I was one of those who grew up without a sister. Um, I just had a brother, which, you know, is great. But, no, I love my brother dearly, but I always wanted a sister because I'm like, you know, share clothes and do all the girly stuff together. And, you know, minus the drama, I just, I wanted a sister. And so, 10 years ago, I got a sister and... (laughs) oh gosh I tell you what I couldn't have done a better job picking her if I tried like it's just a match made in heaven and she is just the cherry on top to my marriage (laughs) I love you babe no my whole extended family is and I'm so incredibly blessed but um It really, she was a missionary uh, with Jahi and Kes. Kes was a missionary with her family in Cyprus. Uh, Grew up in a messianic community with her family, uh, just going from missions to missions and uh, spent time in Cyprus and Israel. And we really didn't have much of a chance to connect and build relationship because we live so far away. And then, praise the Lord, God loves me and answered my prayers uh, because I prayed them in. They think that it was just, you know, God's idea all along, but I'm like, God, I can't do this without it. So I prayed them in, and two years ago, they moved here, and I tell you what, it has been a dream come true to build with family, so I want to invite Kes Evans to come up and preach. <laughs>
0: What <laughs>
4: I also bring the humor to the family. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> it's not a lot of laughter when I said that. Thank you, Renee. I feel the same way. All the same things. Such a joy to be here. Such a joy to speak to you. Renee asked me to speak on the subject of covenant and uh I love it. My heart was so touched, and what she doesn't know, she knows part of it, but what she doesn't know is that the meaning of my name, I carry a Hebrew name. My parents gave it to me. Yes, I was that kid. Both my husband and I were those kids that had those weird names. Anybody in here have a weird name? All right, there's two of you. (laughs) Not including us. (laughs) If you need some counseling or support after, we're here for you. Um... But I carry this Hebrew name, and the name is Chesed. And early on, I said, "Dad, and Mom, I need to have a nickname because I'm getting all sorts of like, cheesed and Chesed and weird names." And as a young kid, that didn't go over well. Lots of tears. So you know me as Kes, but actually, it comes from the full name Chesed, and. Um, What's beautiful about this that Renee asked me to speak on covenant is that this Hebrew word is a word that means loving kindness. Now, there's other words in the Bible that carry the meaning, loving kindness or mercy. But this specific word is related to loving kindness in the context of covenant. It's it's the word that is used when God describes his covenant love, his covenant loving kindness for his people Israel and the covenant that he's made with them. And I just thought, oh that's so beautiful. And you know what? I'm just so grateful to stand here and and hopefully exemplify and and carry that name well. And um I've always, my, my actual, my first name, but I've always gone by this name is Hannah. And Hannah also means grace and mercy. And Lord know I needed a double portion. <laughs> but it's also my desire to carry out and walk out um, loving kindness and mercy. Um, so covenant, it's the, uh, the Hebrew word for that is breit. In the Old Testament, and it means a pact, a contract, or an agreement between two parties. It's derived, well, they think it's derived from this word bara, which means to cut. And that's actually the word that is used in the beginning of the Bible. It means that he, he created the universe. He, bara, Elohim, bara, he, he created the universe, and it's that same word that means to cut. And then they believe that the word covenant also comes from that word. Isn't that interesting? my mind goes immediately to this story of Abraham, when God called him. And if you remember, he had him do some really strange things. Cut some animals in half and separate them, and then Abraham falls asleep, and it's dark, and then this smoking... Uh, pot <laughs> and this torch go through these cut open animals. Man, it's the imagery is like so strange, right? But it wasn't to Abraham. He, he was accustomed to, these were customs in that culture in the near east at that time. That when covenants were made, there was always blood and there was always, uh, it wasn't something that was strange to Abraham, and there, were, and throughout the Old Testament, there was always when a covenant was made, there was always uh, blood involved. Now that sounds kind of gruesome, but if you think about where it led to, and the greatest covenant fulfillment of the greatest covenant at all of, of Jesus Yeshua standing there, shedding His blood for us, creating that space between heaven and earth and bringing them together, it's so powerful and so beautiful to see that con- the continuing pattern throughout the Old Testament into the New. Listen, I am of the thought that there is so much beauty and mercy to be seen in the Old Testament as well as the New Testament. For those that have eyes to see and ears to hear, there is so much to glean from the Old Testament. God is setting something up throughout history. And if we have eyes to see it when we read through his word and we ask God for revelation, he will reveal his plan throughout history from the beginning because it, it makes sense. It's got to make sense. Covenant. we got to go back to covenant. <laughs> so God used this strategy that was familiar to Abraham of this blood covenant. Coven- the Bible, the Old Testament, is full Of covenant making. Whew. Time goes by fast. David and Jonathan man to man. Abraham and God. God to man. And then God to his people Israel. I want to read this scripture. Hebrews 10.15. And the Holy Spirit also bears witness to us. For after saying. This is the covenant that I make with them. After those days, declares the Lord, I will put my laws on their hearts and write on them and write them on their minds. Now, listen, it's important to know that God, this is taken from Jeremiah 31, 33. God was speaking here to his people, Israel, and that's important for us because it means that his covenant did not change or end, that his covenant still stands true to his people today now listen we are grafted into that covenant the Bible the New Testament is very clear but if it's not still true for Israel then is it true for us can I hear an amen (laughs) but what I also want to talk about is that the Holy Spirit bears witness to us about this covenant that is powerful The Holy Spirit, when when the indwelling of the Holy Spirit comes, it empowers us to receive this covenant and also to live by this covenant. The law was God placing his covenant here on earth for us to have relationship with him. That was what the intention of the law was. Jesus was the fulfillment of that law. He didn't abolish it. He was the fulfillment of that covenant. That is powerful. And that causes me to think about the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5 and 6. So powerful. I have a friend here that I've known for my whole life, Mike in the back, and he does an incredible teaching. I'll never forget. He took us to the spot where they think Jesus spoke to the 5,000. It's incredible. It's this kind of amphitheater type hill overlooking the sea. And he shares with us this story of the Mount of, on the Mount of Beatitudes. Listen. Listen. Jesus is the fulfillment of the law and the Mount and the the Sermon on the Mount it takes the law and it goes even deeper it doesn't cross it out and saying great you know this is not it takes it even deeper it says love your the you have heard it said love your neighbor but I'm saying love your enemies And so Jesus has this unusual way of taking covenant even deeper in our lives. A true or even more intimate, uh, in an even more intimate way. And it's so powerful. Let me just go back to this. I want to read this. I found this description of this word chesed, which is the description of God's loving kindness in the the place of covenant. It said, this word is the steady, persistent refusal of God to wash his hands of wayward Israel. This is the essential meaning of the Hebrew word, which is translated into loving kindness. Guys, if we can grasp this, the testimony of God's faithfulness to the nation of Israel. And then grasp that in this place of covenant, as we make covenant with others, that we too, that the outworking of that is loving kindness in our life and the ability to uphold the law through this grace and his loving kindness and the empowering from the indwelling of the Holy Spirit living inside of us, empowering to keep our side of this covenant. Say, God, I will love you with my whole heart because you loved me with your whole heart. You shall love the Lord your God with, your, with all of who you are. Amen? I got to wrap it up, but I want to pray for you. Father, I thank you for your covenant love for us I thank you for your your chesed, your grace, your loving kindness that's shown throughout all your your covenants with your people, Lord. And we get to partake in that today. Father, I thank you for your Holy Spirit that empowers us to walk out your covenant life. And I thank you, Lord, that we would walk in it even more. In the name of Jesus. Amen.
1: Wow. Powerful. God refuses to wash his hands of you. That is so powerful. No matter what you've done or where you are, he refuses to give up on you. That is his covenant with you. So good. Amazing curse. Such a great word. I loved it. Okay. Our final speaker of the night is our incredible young adults pastor, Janessa and her husband Ben. They oversee our young adults ministry here at Bethel Austin, and I tell you, I have a deep love for this girl. She. Um, I mean, she, I don't even know how long I've known you for, for so long, but I would tell you that they, Ben and Janessa, when Joaquin and I were like, we have this crazy idea to move to Austin and plant a church. They were like, we're in. They were the first people to say that they're in and to come and join us on this crazy journey. And I tell you what, I am so, so thankful for you and the call of God that's on your life. Guys, why don't you welcome Janessa as she comes up to speak to
0: us tonight.
5: Amazing. Wow. I've just been so blessed. Hasn't it been so good this evening? Wow. Does anyone just love Jesus? I've just been getting so wrecked all night, the worship and from all the ladies. God is so good and He is in the room. Ah, Thank you, Jesus. Well, I'm excited to share with you guys about the power of serving. Now turn to your neighbor and say, there is power in serving. You know, we value serving in this house. We value it and we celebrate it. And you know what? Heaven celebrates serving. Heaven values serving. And I wanted to read to you guys out of Mark ten forty-five. It's a powerful verse. It says, for even the son of man did not come to be served, but to... Serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So, there's two points tonight I want to share with you guys on why there's power in serving. And the first one is that we serve to grow and we grow to serve. As we grow to serve, we are going to grow in character, we are going to grow in compassion. We are going to grow in perseverance, amen? Like you are going to grow when you serve. And as you grow and look more and more like Jesus, the greatest servant of all, it's not a graduation from serving. It's so that you can continue to grow and you can continue to look like Jesus, the greatest servant of all, amen? You know, serving will never feel convenient, it will never feel convenient. (laughs) I wanted to share a story Um, when I actually interned for Renee and Joaquin in my third year at BSSM, and it was so fun and amazing, and I learned so much. And there was a time where Renee and Joaquin asked me to make flyers for the conferences. I don't know if you guys remember this, but I had to create flyers on a program called Photoshop, which if you don't know, it's a design program. And it's very complicated if you've never done this before. And I had to do this. And it was like learning a new language. And it was very hard, you guys. I did not feel called to Photoshop. I did not feel called at the time to designing. But I said yes, because I was serving their vision. And it wasn't convenient. It was hard. I honestly came to a couple points where I almost cried, because I'm like, I can't do this, this is so hard. But there was a vision, and I said yes, and I knew in my heart that this serving them in this practical way was also loving my Father in heaven. And that is what we do when we serve. We love the Lord in it, and we grow when we serve, right? And the cool thing is, is that I actually now today have to use Photoshop every single day for my business. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Like, God will use you, and he will prepare you. He will refine you in the place that you are serving. God uses it all, and that is so powerful. There is power in your serving. And another thing is, is that we never outgrow the need to serve. If Jesus never outgrew it, then neither do we. If Jesus never outgrew it, neither do we. You know, I was reading in the Gospels the other day how, you know, the, the disciples, and, you know, they're arguing who is the greatest, right? And at this point, the disciples probably thought that they were like, they were pretty popular. They were pretty anointed. And they were arguing who's the greatest. And I love Jesus', Jesus response in Mark 9.35. And he says, anyone who wants to be first must be the very last and the servant of all. The servant of all. I love that. We never outgrow serving. And we even see in John, Jesus, he washed the feet of the disciples. Come on, guys. If Jesus never outgrew it, then neither do we. we can, you can be the most anointed person in the room. You can be gifted. But you know what? Serving is an, a powerful gift. It's a powerful call that we all have. You know, Dave Thomas, he was the founder of Wendy's. Did anyone know that? I didn't know this. And he was a Christian businessman, and he became obviously very successful, and there was a reporter that asked him, what is, this, what is the secret to your success? And this is what he said. It was my MBA. And we all, we all obviously, obviously hear Masters of Business Administration, right? And he corrected the lady. He said, no, no, no. It was my mop and bucket attitude, A mop and bucket attitude. I love that. I was like, I'm going to keep that for myself. There is power in serving. Point number two is that we serve to love. We serve to love. You know, we are not just a church. We are a family. And I love that Megan hit this and Kes hit this of covenant and family. And, you know, I'll just be honest. There was a moment last month or two months ago where I was in the kids' church I was tired. I'm a a mom of a 10-month-old. I was exhausted, and I honestly didn't want to be there. And I was like, I want to be over in the sanctuary, (laughs) like where everyone's getting rocked. But the Lord reminded me in that moment of 1 Corinthians 16, 14. And it says, let all you do be done in love. It doesn't say, let what's convenient be done in love. It doesn't say, what's fun be done in love. It said, what is, let's, let all be done in love. Amen? And I was thinking, when love becomes the fuel behind your serving, it attracts the miracle power of God. When love becomes the fuel behind your serving, it attracts the miracles of God. I just wanted to share a testimony of a friend of mine. She wasn't a believer. She actually hated Christians. And she was in the um, sex industry online, living a sinful life. And she had a boyfriend at the time who she knew went to church. And he had invited her in the past, and she was like, I'm not going there. I hate Christians. And one day she thought to herself, I'm just, I'm just going to go. I'm just going to go and see what happens. So as she's driving into the parking lot, she gets touched by the presence of God, and she just begins to cry. And she gets out of her car, and the more she gets closer to the building, she just begins to weep. And she walks through the door, and there was a greeter, you guys, a greeter, who said yes to serving who chose to love every person that was going to walk through that door. And she beelined to my friend and extended her hand and said, welcome, I'm glad you're here. And the moment she touched her hand, my friend broke under the power of God and the presence of God touched her and set her free. And she told me that was the first time in her life she felt accepted. (laughs) Come on, Jesus. (laughs) This wasn't in the sanctuary. This wasn't at the end of ministry time. This was when she walked through the building and agreed or someone said, I'm going to serve and I'm going to love every person that comes through that door. You guys, that is our God. He's not confined here. He wants to move through every person that is saying yes to love the person that they are encountering. And there is power in serving when we attach our love. Amen. You know, When you're serving in the kids' ministry, you are pouring into the next generation revivalists. When you are greeting, there are people that when you say welcome, shame is going to break off their life. When you are at the Connect Coach table welcoming people, you are bringing them into the family. There is power in serving, and when you serve, it moves the heart of God. It is your worship, and it is all of our responsibility, right? We need to all be part of building God's church because God is coming back for his beautiful bride, his beautiful bride. All right, I want you to put your hand on your heart, and I want you to say this. Say, God, I thank you for the call to serve. Anoint me to be your servant in building your church. I just want to pray for you guys before we close. Thank you, Jesus, that we are called to serve, that we never outgrow serving. God, we just say use us as we build what you want to build, God, whether that's in the kids' ministry, whether that's greeting, whatever it is, God, we say we will give ourselves fully, even though we may not say that's what we're called to do. We're called to do it because you've asked us to do this. We love you, Jesus, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: So good. I I definitely feel responsible for you being like Instagram famous now because <laughs> we helped you out with Photoshop. Um, <laughs> amazing oh my goodness so powerful
0: come on has this night been amazing or what come on we're gonna have uh uh, two moms just pray for us all because there's power in the prayer of a mother amen and uh so we we highlighted a couple of moms earlier but there's one more mom i want to (laughs) highlight the the mom of moms (laughs) the the grand mom the, the mother of uh, my brother and I, but also just a mother to our team and so many in this community. My mom, Paula. <laughs> grandma to the house. Come up here. Come on. just Come up here. We're, we're going to invite her to come up and, and her and Renee are just going to and praying over us. But I love you, mom. And- Thank you for all your sacrifice and serving over the years and loving us so well. She's an amazing lady right here. So if you don't know her, get to know her. You will be loved on well. So I'm going to give this to you for you guys to close it in prayer.
6: (sighs) Thank you, Lord, for the precious gift of children whether it's come through our wombs or whether you bring them into our lives in another way, Lord. We just thank you, Father. Bless the mothers and the mothers-to-be, Lord. Bless them with your patience, your grace, your guidance, Lord. And I just, um, uh, just thank you, Father, that you walk with us, that you walk through with them as they establish, help to establish the next generation and generations to come, Lord. And I just feel, Lord, that you wanted, with that whole breaker anointing, that you want to break open wombs that have been closed, people that have been told that they can't or won't give birth, we just break that off now in the name of Jesus. And we just say yes and amen to what you want and what you declare in Jesus' name. Amen. So good.
1: We love you, Mom, so much. Well, Lord, I just thank you, Father, for every single person in this room, God. And I just ask that you would just meet with them tonight. And, God, we just paint a bullseye on their entire families and extended families that as they gather tomorrow to celebrate the mums, Lord, that you would be there in their midst, that you would be there, your miracle working power, your breakthrough anointing would be in their presence, God. So, Father, we just thank you for blessings overflowing upon each and every single one. And one of the things I pray for my kids every single night is this, and I just say, God, give them a heart to know you. Give them a heart to know you, and may they never know a day in their life where they are separated from the presence of God. May they always be led by you, Holy Spirit, and may you be their best friend. So Holy Spirit, be our best friend. God, I thank you that you are not just a good father, but you're a good mom. That you created women. You created women in your image too, God. And so we thank you for just this nurturing Coming over this room right now where there have been wounds, where there has been relational unrest, God, we thank you for your healing balm. We thank you for your motherly love and your tender arms wrapping around each of us tonight, God. We love you, God. We're so thankful for you. We're thankful that life is not only found in the tongue, but it is found in the womb. And so we thank you for every single woman in who We thank you for the life that flows through them and out of them, God. And we ask that you would bless it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 We love you, Bethel Austin. Give your moms a hug. Don't forget to text your mom. Call your mom. Love on her tomorrow and have a great weekend. We'll see you next weekend. Oh, (laughs) just kidding. We're not finished. The ministry team is going to come up the front. So if you need prayer, we want to invite you to come up the front. If you need, um, like even Megan was saying, if you want to receive salvation tonight, then we want to invite you to come up for prayer. Um, we got some incredible men and women up here who would love to pray.
0: Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com.